Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad you're in an apostolic service? Hallelujah. How many has been healed in the last few weeks in this revival? Some folks say, well, I'm still in a battle. Do you know how you spell winning the battle? You spell it P-R-A-Y. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But you wrestle against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Sometimes the battle that you're in, you just got to keep on praying. And prayer sometimes is not the only thing that you do. There are some battles that are only won by worship. Well, help us, Jesus. How many is in a battle right now? Come on, just lift your hands. You're in a battle decision. You're in a battle of choice. You're in a battle. You're in a fight. You're in the fight of your life. That's good. If the devil's mad at you, that's a good sign. And if you're in the middle of a battle, that's a good sign. That means you're doing something right. If you're not fighting and you're not in a battle, you're not trying to figure something out, I'm more worried about you than I am the one that's in the heat of the battle. Oh, somebody might as well help me preach right now. Some of you that are in a battle, won't you lift your hands and just give God some praise anyhow. God, I love you. Come on, let's worship this great God that's in this house. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, the psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, let's praise Jesus together. Let's lift up Jesus a little higher. psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. How many of you know you can't make Jesus any bigger than he is? But you can from your perspective, like a magnifying glass. You can make him bigger in your perspective. Quit looking at Jesus as a weak, anemic God. Quit looking at him as the one that don't have the power. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. He is the only potentate. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm glad Jesus is in the house. I'm thankful Jesus is in the house. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. It's been such an honor to be with you this weekend. Thank you so much, Pastor, and your family for all your kindness. Uh, the hotel room, all the food, the fun, the fellowship. Thank you so very, very much. And my wife that's here, so glad that she's here. I'll be married 20 years in June. Come on now. Woo. Amen. I got married at 20, and so i am almost been married as long as I've been alive when I got married. 
that sound right? I think that's right. So yeah, I've only, I got married at 20 and I've almost been married to her almost 20 years. So I'm, I'm trying to supersede that. And let me tell you how you stay married a long time. You ready? You keep your mouth shut, your wallet open. Praise God. Some of you didn't think that was funny. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Well, I could probably say a lot more about that, but we may need to move on. Amen. Aren't you glad for your wives and your wives glad for your husbands? Amen. Aren't you thankful for a woman of God that loves God? I'm so thankful for my wife. Amen. A holy woman of God, a praying lady, fasting lady that loves God. And uh, so thankful for her being here with me this weekend. And uh, she ironed my shirt. Oh, come on now. Woo. And I feel like shouting already. Ain't even got started. Praise God. And um, sorry my children are not with me here, but uh, she came along and so thankful that she did. And to all the saints of God, thank you so much for, for everything. Um, being here throughout this revival, I know it's a little bit extra service, but you know, you weren't doing it on a Saturday night anyways. I mean, come on. You can go eat after church, amen. You, amen. So thank you so much. Many of you have been here every service, and some of you have worked, and you've had other things you've had to do, and that's understandable. And uh, we just commend you for your faithfulness and the bishop. God bless you. I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad you're here tonight or today. Amen. Praise God. And thank you for your response, the word of the Lord. I know I can get a little carried away. And I've been preaching a little long this revival, too. Help me, Jesus. God, the older I get, I, I don't know. I just get carried away too much. And so hopefully, I don't know how long your pastor preaches, but if, if uh, you've never heard him preach and uh, you need to come back and hear Pastor Green preach, that was a chance for you to say amen. I want you to lift your hands with me, and I want you to ask the Lord to put words in my mouth to speak to you. Would you do that? Jesus, I pray I humble myself before you. I'm, I'm honored to stand in this pulpit to preach your word. I thank you, Lord, for the people of God. I thank you, Lord, for your name, your blood, your word. I declare a victory in this house. I declare deliverance from sin. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would saturate this house with your power that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would touch lives and minister to needs that are in this house. I thank you, Lord, for your mighty, excellent greatness. I praise you for your excellent greatness. I praise you for your mighty acts. I've come to this house today in the fear of God to do your will. I pray, Lord, that you would kindly put words in my mouth to help somebody touch families and marriages and children and guests that are here. I pray that, Lord, that you would interrupt this service with the divine interruption and the power of God to sweep across this place. That there be miracles, signs, and wonders among your people. I pray today, Lord, that you would answer prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for it, Lord. I worship you for it, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Before I take you to the scripture, as we were praying, the Holy Ghost said to me that today there will be a prayer answered that you've prayed for years to come to pass. I don't know who that's for. Uh, if it's just for one, that's all that matters. So there's something you've been praying. And today in this service, God's going to answer your prayer. I hear the word when it said his, 
hand is not too shortened that it cannot save. His ear is not too heavy that it cannot hear. I believe today's a day for someone to get a prayer answered by the power of God. Amen. My Lord, have mercy. He is a prayer answering God. I don't care how many times you prayed it and you haven't seen it come to pass. I welcome you this Sunday afternoon where God's fixing to answer somebody's prayer. If you believe that, clap your hands and shout, yes! I want, you, I want you to pray a really big prayer right now. I'm going to take you to the book of Matthew here in a moment. I'm not wasting your time, I promise. But sometimes our prayers are so small. We got a really big God that's really powerful. So I want us to take just a moment, and maybe, maybe there's a prayer that you've thought about or something in your heart, but you just, you just haven't prayed it yet. And I want you just to pray something big. It can be about this service. It can be about this revival. It can be about someone sitting on the pew. It can be about a friend, a neighbor, somebody you're witnessing to, a miracle that you need. And this is what I want you, I don't want you to beg God for it. Okay? Oh, please, God. Oh, please, Lord, if you'd be so kind. And, you know, I just, you know, it'd be so cool. And, no, no, no. I want you to say, Jesus, today, I want you to do this and this. You got to start praying kingdom prayers. Jesus said, he gave us the model prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There was no begging about it. He didn't say, God, please give us. The, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Everything was, we got we to gotta move from this begging position with God. And we got to move to this position where I'm a son and I'm a child. I'm a daughter of the Lord. And I'm asking you to do it. So I want you to pray a big prayer, whatever that looks like. If you want to say it softly, I don't care. If you want to scream it, I don't care. I just want you to ask that you, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes you got to get the audacity to ask. I'm telling you in the fear of God, there's things that have not been answered simply because you have not prayed them. You say, well, I've been praying about it a lot. I've been, I've been asking God for direction. I've been asking God for this. I've been asking God for that. God's going to take care of that. But I want you to pray something big right now. Throw your hands up in the air with me. And I want you to pray it. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's praise him for what he's going to do because he's worthy.
obstacle, the barrier that's hindered you from getting your miracle. I command it to go out. I command it to be removed now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be done in the mighty name of Jesus for the people of God, for your name's sake, for your glory, God. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Matthew chapter number 27. You ought to do less griping and less complaining and more praying. There's something you don't like, you pray and God can change it. Somebody done something to you, somebody said something to you, say, Jesus, take care of them, I forgive them, and keep doing what you're doing. Don't get oh so caught up and upset and frustrated about stuff that doesn't matter. Take Cast all your cares on him, for he careth for you. Come on, quit, quit getting so involved in, in stuff that's weighing you down and bothering you and family drama and just say, Lord, I give this to you and I'm asking you to take care of it and I'm going to go on, get back up, get back on your feet and trust the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Matthew chapter 27, thank you for standing so long. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 62. When you find it, say, I got it. If you see it off the wall, you can see it there. We used to sing out of songbooks. Now we have off the wall singing. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad for technology? I sure am thankful for it. Praise God. Because half of the songs, I don't know the words, and I can look up there and just worship and, and do my thing. Amen. Matthew chapter number 27, verse number 62. And then we will also go to Mark chapter 16, verse 3 and 4. And so if you want to mark that, no pun intended, if you want to mark that in Mark 16, you can also do that. Mark, Matthew chapter number 27, your pastor's rubbing off on me. Amen. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on him too. Don't let him kid you. Praise God. Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 62. The Bible says, now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate. If false doctrine and false worship and the Pharisaical world can come together, what will happen if the people of God come together? Saying, sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive after three days i will rise again what haunted the religious world of that day was what jesus said his words haunted them after three days i will rise again verse 64 command therefore command because of what he said that he's going to rise again that the sepulcher be made sure that it be made sure. I want it secure. I want it free from being tampered with, free from being messed with. Make it sure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So that the last error, or literally what it means there, is the last deception as they've seen it. The last deception shall be worse than the first. I feel like telling the devil, you ain't seen nothing yet. God, I feel a witness of that. 
I say to this church, the best is yet to come. My God, have mercy. Woo, hallelujah to God. Come on, the greatest days of this church are not behind us. The best days of this church are in front of us. Come on, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. The best is yet to come. Praise God, praise God. And then Pilate said unto him, you have a watch. You have a watch. Go your way, make it as sure as you can. Literally, you can have a watch. Pilate was saying you can watch it, you can secure it. One, one theologian said that it would be consisted of 50 Roman soldiers that would guard the sepulcher to make sure that nothing come out of the sepulcher and nothing went into the sepulcher. And so he gave them permission, the religious world, to secure the tomb of Jesus. Why? To prevent a resurrection, to prevent Jesus' words from coming to pass. And so they went, made, made the sepulcher sure, they sealed the stone, and they set a watch. They would take a piece of string over the opening of the sepulcher, and with, with wax on one end and wax on the other, or clay rather, they would put the signet ring of, of Pilate or the, or the leader of that day, and they would press it into that clay and put the seal over. They would literally put a string over it as if to know. If somebody tampered with this, we would know it, okay? And so they wanted to make sure that it was tight. They wanted to make sure there was a string over it. They wanted to make sure it was sealed, made sure everything was secure and everything was locked down. Praise God. In Mark chapter number 16, I'm going to give you my title later on as we get into this. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 3. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. How many of you help me preach here for a few moments? How many of you are hungry for the word of the Lord? There's some of you that want it. How many is really hungry for God to speak to us today? Speak, Lord, in this house. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> he did not have to, but he did. He did not have to pay the price, but he paid the price. His suffering, his pain, his blood had to be shed, but he chose to shed it. He didn't have to become the lamb, but he became the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He did not have to come, become the Passover, but he became the Passover, and he became that which we needed him to become. So we could get free from our sin. He didn't have to, but thank God that he did. Praise God. He didn't have to go up Golgotha's hill and hang there on a cross at Calvary and shed blood for you and I. But thank God that he did. Amen. He didn't have to make a way for you to get delivered from the drug house, from the penthouse, from, from, from your prostitution ring. He didn't have to do it and deliver you, but thank God that he did. He didn't have to 
to set you free from drugs and alcohol and a life of sin, a life of mess, and a life of filth. But I'm so glad. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that Jesus paid it all. I'm so thankful that my sin nailed him to the cross and he died for all of humanity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for every drop of your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you paid, the debt that you paid at Calvary for me. You didn't have to, but I say thank God that you did. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the blood. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Like the song said, there is power, power, wonderful working power in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? No matter your mistakes, there's enough blood to deal with it. No matter your pain and your past, there's enough blood to deal with it. He didn't have to, but he did. He paid the price for you and 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 for you. you. Jesus went up and said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he got blood to shed for you and I because God is a spirit and had no flesh and blood. But he went and got him some blood and he got him a body so he could shed blood for you. I just want to remind you, he didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to pay the price for you, but he did. I wish I had about 10 of you that's just happy that Jesus died for you. I wish I had about 10 of you that said, you know what, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what Jesus did for me. Woo! Help me, Holy Ghost. Praise God. There is no sports team that did for me what Jesus did for me. There are no actors or actresses that did for me what Jesus did for me. There's not enough money that can do for me what Jesus did for me. There's not enough careers. There's not enough jobs. You can have more degrees than a thermometer, and nothing can retake the place of the power of the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, the elders used to teach us to plead the blood over our children and to plead the blood over our homes. I'm so glad that in the Old Testament gives us the story and the the biblical true story and account of them applying the blood over the doorpost and the lentils. For God said, if I see the blood, I will pass over and I will not visit your home with death. Let me preach to somebody right now. Right now, there's still power in the blood. When you got baptized in Jesus' name and you got the blood applied to your life in a watery grave, there's more to you than meets the eye. Come on. When Jesus sees you, he don't see your past. He don't see your failures. He don't see your mistakes. He said, I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. When the devil fights you really hard, you ought to stand up one morning and you ought to scream out and say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. 
when the devil's beating you up head to toe, you ought to square your shoulders and tell the devil, hey, there's more to me than meets the eye. You may not be able to see it, but I have the blood applied to my life. I speak the blood into every lifeless situation. I speak the blood into every turmoil in your life. I speak the blood to every decision that you're making right now. I speak the blood over your marriage. I speak the blood over your family. I plead the blood over every wayward daughter, over every wayward son. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over your family. I plead it even now that God would bring to pass the prayers you prayed for your family years ago. I preach to a daddy right now that your daughter's not where she needs to be with God. And I'm telling you the things you taught her, the way you trained her, it'll come to pass. God will bring her back in. I plead, I plead, I plead the blood. Somebody clap your hands and give him some praise. received the penalty for us so we could experience the pardon. Woo, hallelujah. He experienced the wrath and the burial for us so we could have wonderful grace. He paid the price. He paid the price. It's not the will of God. You be bound with drugs and tobacco and alcohol. It's not the will of God. You be bound with perversion. It's not the will of God. You be bound in sin. It's not the will of God. You be indecisive about the things of God. Hallelujah. It's not God's will. You're confused right now because God didn't author that confusion. You got to rise to the occasion on this Sunday afternoon and understand that God died for you. He shed blood for you. He's alive and compassion for you is far greater than the bondage you're in right now. He's a love can find you and reach you right where you are. He can bring you up out of the muck and the mire of sin. He can set your feet on a rock to stay. Like the psalmist said, he brought me up out of a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1, 18, 19. I'm going to calm down for a few moments. For as much as you're, for as much as you, ye that were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain, your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Somebody say, Jesus did it for me. Somebody say it. Jesus died for me. He died for you. And about the ninth hour when he cried with a loud voice and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There's only two times in the New Testament where Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Once at his death and before that is when he was at the tomb of Lazarus. 
I love the story how that she she says to him, Lord, it's been four days and he stinketh, E-T-H, stinketh. You love the King James Version. He stinketh by now. But yet when he gets there to the grave of the brother Lazarus, the Bible calls him and Jesus wept over that man and he gets there to the grave. Isn't it awesome? I'm going to preach a message one time. almost did it today called uh, that the stink won't stop the Savior. It didn't matter to him that there was stink in that grave. It didn't matter the condition of Lazarus, that it had been four days and he was late. I'm telling you, Jesus is never late. He's always on time. And he gets there, and the first time with a loud voice in the New Testament, he says, he says, Lazarus, he says, come forth. If he would have just said, come forth, every man in every grave would have come out of their grave. But he had to identify and say, Lazarus, come forth. And that dead man got up in the middle of the stink, in the middle of the mess. Come on. God's not intimidated with your stink. He's not intimidated with your past. He will, it won't stop him from a miracle. It won't stop him from speaking into your world. It won't stop him. Come on, I'm sorry your life is a mess, but it's not going to stop God because Jesus is really good at making miracles out of your messes. He's really good at turning your mess into a miracle. I can feel the devil is stirred up in this house, but I want to plead the blood anyhow. I want to talk about his death. I want to talk about that when he died, how the rocks were rent and the graves were opened and the saints arose. And when he did that, there was a rich man by the name of Joseph. He wanted to, he went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. That rich man could have bought anything, but yet he wanted a dead body of Jesus Christ. Joseph took Jesus. He took care of his body. He wrapped him in a clean linen cloth and placed him in his own tomb that was made for him. I don't know about you, but you don't let somebody borrow your tomb. But Joseph, unlike the religious world, he believed God's words that in three days he'll rise again. Hey, Jesus, I, hey, Pilate, I want Jesus' body because I'll let him borrow my tomb for three days because I ain't got a problem. Or did Joseph look at it like this? I want to be buried with him when I die. Oh, God, have mercy. I don't know why you're resisting to be baptized in Jesus' name. I don't know why you're resisting it. Because when you get in that water and you're buried with Christ in a baptism and the old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new and you become a new creature when you're born again of the water. Come on, you may have got the Holy Ghost, but you need to climb up in that baptistry tank and you need to get baptized in Jesus' name because you need your sins washed away. I feel to just stay on this just for a moment. If I have a nice white t-shirt and I spill grape juice all over it, I can tell, or if I, if I spill grape juice all over your peach gray, whatever this is, shirt, it may be peach, yellow, something, it's a hard color to determine. Whatever this, if I spill grape juice on his shirt, I can say, bro, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. But until he takes that shirt and go washes it in water and gets the stain out of it, it's still stained. And that's just like 
like some of us. We ask God to forgive us of all the dirt and all the stain, and he does. But baptism is what takes that garment. It applies the blood. It washes your sins away. It's for the remission of sin. Come on, you need to go to that water and you need to be buried with Christ in baptism, calling on the name of the Lord, getting your sins washed away. Aren't you glad that one day you got baptized in Jesus' name? Aren't you glad that one day the blood, the precious blood was applied to your life? You need to get buried in water in baptism. And so Joseph, this tomb that was hewn out of stone just for him, he let Jesus borrow this tomb. So he put him in the tomb, and then the religious world came, the Pharisees came, the chief priests came to Pilate in our text, and they said, listen, we want to make it sure. We want to secure it. We want to watch it. We want to guard it. We want to make sure that nobody messes with Jesus because we want to prevent a resurrection. What were they saying? This is what they were saying. They said we couldn't control him while he was alive. So now that he's dead, we want to contain him. We're about to preach up in this house. You see, the devil, he knows that he can't control you, and so he'll do the next best thing. He'll try to contain you. Come on, control is to have influence over. To contain you is to confine you. He don't mind you showing up to church. They just don't start worshiping. He don't mind you just showing up in the house of God. But don't you dare step out in faith and believe God for a miracle. He don't... He don't mind you get buried in the tomb and baptism, but he don't want you to get the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be part born again and not all the way born again. Because if you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. And the devil can't stand somebody that's got power. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. And when you get the Holy Ghost, God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the power of God in this house. You may be the only one that's going to run, but I'll run with you because there's power, there's power in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Come on. He can't control you, so he's going to try to contain you. He's going to try to confine my he can't control this revival, but he'll try his best to contain it. He can't control what God's doing. He don't have power. The devil's got a little bit of delegated authority that God gave him, but that's it. He's not all-powerful. He's not the only potentate. He don't have authority over you. Scripture tells me that I'll trample on the lion and the adder. Now, come on, there's no serpent. There's no devil. There's no device. There's no spirit that is greater than he that's in me. The Holy Ghost. Ghost is up. So, so we we don't mind Jesus dying. We just don't want him to be resurrected. See, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, God have mercy. The Bible says you must be born again of the water and the spirit. He said you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born in the spirit. And he said you cannot enter into the kingdom unless you're born of the water. You see, the spirit allows you to see the kingdom of God. But being baptized in Jesus' name lets you enter into the kingdom of God. 
That's why he uses the word see and enter. He could have just said the same thing, but Jesus wanted Nicodemus to know that when you're born again of the Spirit, you can see the kingdom of God. That's why this Bible is a spiritually breathed book. It's a spiritual book, and without the Holy Ghost, you can't even understand it, except the Lord guides you and leads you unto all the truth. It's the Holy Ghost that leads you there. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name, it lets you enter into a covenant relationship with him, and you're being born again of the water and of the Spirit. And the devil, he cannot control nor contain a Holy Ghost-filled apostolic child of the King. Oh, somebody thank him for his word right now. Thank him for his word right now. Here's what the devil don't want you to say. I'm coming up out of my grave. I'm, I've been in darkness long enough. Coming out of my grave. I've been in bondage long enough. I've had the grave clothes on me long enough. The devil fears what you got to say. Because if you start saying, I'm getting back up, I'll arise again. I'll get up the third day. Come on, they didn't care. They didn't bother them that Jesus was buried. What bothered them is what he said. In three days, I will rise again. Hallelujah. You can't control me and you can't contain me. So I'm going to get up and I will be resurrected by the power. <laughs> because, listen, because hell knows if you ever understand the power of your words, you start saying, it looks dark in here, but I'm about to get out. It's difficult in here, but I'm about to break out. It's hard in here. My God, I don't know what to do. I'm in a mess. I've got to make a big decision. I tell your decision starts at your mouth. You open your mouth and say, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise again. I'm going to get back up again. I'm coming up out of my grave. Oh, Jesus, the devil don't want you to use. When, when he got cursed as a serpent and he got cursed to his belly, he lost the ability. There, snakes do not have voice boxes. Snake, snakes cannot talk. They just hiss around with their tongue. And the devil can't use his voice like he wants to use his voice, but he gives impressions to you. He was cursed like a snake. Am I right? And that's why he don't want you using your voice because life and death is in the power of your tongue. He don't want you using what he lost, and that is your voice. I say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I say, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. <laughs> so, when they can't when they can't control you, they can't exercise influence over you, they're going to do the next best thing. They're going to contain you, confine you, hold you inside. The devil knows he can't control you. But if he can somehow manage to contain you, he feels like he wins. 
Hell wants you to sleep in your grave and never wake up. Hell wants you to stay asleep and stay comfortable in bondage and fear and depression and anxiety and perversion. He wants you to stay there because he knows if you ever wake up and you ever open your mouth, your voice is going to cause something to shift and your voice is going to cause something. When somebody makes up their mind, I'm tired of being bound in sin. When somebody makes up their mind, I'm tired of being addicted. When somebody makes up their mind, I'm tired of being confused. When you make, there's never, come on, there's, there's no devil that's stronger than a made-up mind. When you say, I'm not going to do that, my God, have mercy. I'll tell you why we don't have a lot of devil-possessed people anymore, because self-will is stronger than any demonic force. When a man or a woman can look at God and say, God, I don't need you, I don't want you. You can't cast out the human spirit. You can't cast out will. I can cast out the devil and tell the devil where to go. But when someone says, I will not worship, I will not serve God, that is stronger than any demonic force. And this selfish generation and this selfie generation is ate up with pride and self. But if they'll humble themselves and they'll start saying, I will worship God, there's not enough devils that can stop that either. He can't stop the bad or the good. He, there's no... Have mercy. You got to make up your mind. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, somebody give him a wave offering of praise. So on that third day, Jesus woke up and the resurrection happened. But there's something really cool that happened where I'm trying to get where I'm trying to preach. <laughs> the, Bible, the Bible tells us that an angel was dispatched to the stone that was over the sepulcher. You see, I don't care how much somebody tries to lock you down. I don't care what the devil tries to do. All God needs is one angel to come. There's like 50 soldiers watching the sepulcher. There's a string across the sepulcher. There's, there's a signet of the leader of that day etched in that clay on the seal and a string across it. It's secure. It's, 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 it's tamper-proof. You can't get in it. You can't. Nothing can get out. And God sends one angel to roll the stone away. It's awesome to note that at his death, the rocks broke and they were rent. But at his resurrection, the stone was just rolled away. Why? Because Jesus never breaks what he borrows. <laughs> he was just borrowing that tomb. But when he died, he shattered all kinds of rocks. But it was the tomb of Joseph that he just needed for three days. And when he was resurrected, God just sent one angel to roll the stone away. And Jesus come walking out. Can I preach to somebody right now? Here's my message. I've come to preach to you about the stone roller. I've come to preach to you about the stone roller. Because you can get up out of your grave. But you need somebody to remove the barrier. You need somebody to come along and push the stone out of the way. Let me preach to somebody right now. You may feel like you're locked down. You may feel like you're not going to get out of the mess that you're in. But God has sent a stone roller to roll the barrier off of your grave, to remove it off of your sepulcher. Because God knows, he knows you can't do this by yourself. 
Consider with me this afternoon, Daniel. Daniel who refused to stop praying. Daniel who refused to start open his mouth. That man Daniel that three times a day he would open his window and cry out to God. The decree said you're not supposed to pray or bow to any other thing but the image of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. But oh Daniel kept on praying and he kept on opening his mouth. You see they were trying to control Daniel and then they realized we can't control him anymore so we're going to confine him and we're going to stick him in the lion's den. Hallelujah. And so they took old Daniel that would not shut up. Daniel they could not control. Daniel they just kept on praying. He kept on bombarding heaven. He kept on believing God. He kept on trusting God. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You got to keep on praying. When you don't feel like it, you got to keep on coming to church. When you don't want to, when you're in a bad place, in a bad position. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to be faithful. Until something changes, I'm going. Until something changes, I'm being steadfast. I'm going to keep opening my mouth, and I'm going to keep on praying. And so Daniel wouldn't. He just refused to. He just kept on going. He's like a little chihuahua dog that wouldn't shut up. He just kept on barking. If you love chihuahuas, God bless you. Oh, help me, Jesus. And so then they took Daniel, and they put him in the lion's den. I can't control you, so I'm going to confine you. What did they do? They put a stone over the opening of that lion's den, didn't they? And old King Nebuchadnezzar come back, and he was worried to death sick that something was going to happen to Daniel in the middle of the night. He come back to that grave next morning, couldn't sleep the night before. He comes back to that den, rather, and he says, oh, Daniel. He wanted to make sure that old Daniel was okay. Old Daniel was alive, and he said, yeah, I'm good. He said, God, notice the verb, notice the words that the King James uses. It said, God has sent his angel. <laughs> he has sent the angel of the Lord. I think it's the angel of the Lord. He has sent the angel of the Lord, and he has shut the mouths of the lions. Hey, King, I just want you to know, you couldn't control me, and you couldn't confine me, because I've got a supernatural element that you don't understand, and God has sent his angel to come in and shut the mouths of the lions that I'm in this den with. My God, have mercy. I don't know about you, but I need a stone roller to come where I am, and I need him to shut the mouth of every L-Y-I-N-G spirit in my life, every lying spirit that said I'm going to be destroyed, every lying spirit that says I can't make it, every lying spirit that says I can't be apostolic, every lying spirit that says my business is going under, every lying spirit that says I can't live for God. I need a, I tell you, I've come to preach to you about a stone roller. I've come to preach to you about a stone roller that can roll the stone away and come right where you are and give you exactly what you need that can shut every lying spirit of the enemy. Oh, God, a couple years ago, I, I, uh, I went to my dad's one summer, me and my wife, to take care of his house. And uh, he went on a vacation for a week. And at that time, he was married to a different wife than he, than he is now. She was a really awesome stepmom. I loved her. She was sweet. Man, she could cook good. She treated my dad really good. The best wife my dad's ever had other than my mom for 10 years. And uh, it, she's just a great lady. So we go take, I showed up at the house one day. And I walk in the house and I said, Dad, I smell, I smell marijuana. I smell weed in this room. <laughs> my dad was going to church, you know, trying to live for God. And 
His wife wasn't in church. He, he, he married outside the church. That's not really wise. And let me, let me say this. Why date somebody out of the church when you know it's not good to marry them out of the church? <laughs> you, it's like, you want to date me? You get the Holy Ghost. You live for God. And then we can, we can move on. You love me that much, you better love God that much, amen. And if God uses me to pull you in the kingdom, that's okay. But I'm not going to go out looking for somebody out there in the world because what if they suck me out of the church? I hope they get in the church. And there are times when God's merciful and kind and he allows that. It's a blessing and it works. But it's not always the rule, the principle, if you understand what I'm saying. But don't, don't go looking for somebody out there in the world. Find somebody in the kingdom of God. And so I'm walking in the house, and, man, I smell this marijuana. And I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I smell weed in the house. He, he was so embarrassed. He said, Son, he said, we've been married for five years, and I just found out that she, had a, she smoked weed like every day. I'm like, Dad, how did you know your wife wasn't getting high every day? <laughs> God, I don't know if he was in the afterglow or what. I don't know. He said, he said it really hit the fan when we were driving down the road. He said, going to Colorado on a vacation, and she had to roll him up and start smoking going down the road. He said, Shane, I was worried, I was worried about I was going to go to jail, and it got really sticky. She had all kinds of cats, man. I'd walk in, I walked in her room, and those cats, I don't know if felines can get high or not, but them jokers were laid out. <laughs> I'm talking those cats were higher than cats. Hallelujah. He said, no, 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 no. He's telling me, he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, she cooked really good. She had the munchies. She did a great job. She cooked good. <laughs> Let me get back ready to go. So they had this, they had this little dog. His dog, his name is Shadow. And I like Shadow. I, I'm not a big cat lover. And if you are, that God bless you. But I love dogs. I love animals, just not cats. I'm allergic to cats, so it's, a, it's a more of a reason to, to not like them as much. And so we'd go in the house. We'd clean the spare bedroom, totally detail clean it, shut the door, and we would kick all the cats out, and we'd just detail it for allergy purposes. And, and plus, I don't like cats coming on and just rubbing on my leg and going on. I just don't like it. And so... Anyways, me and my wife decided we was going to go shopping, and Shadow is a little short-legged, medium-haired, blonde dog. I don't know what kind of dog he was, but he just, he was a good dog. He just kind of, he did whatever he wanted. They had a few acres, and he'd come and go as he pleases. He was just, he did whatever he wanted to do. And uh, we, we decided we'd leave to go, out, to go shopping. We were gone for several hours, and, and uh, unbeknownst to us, Shadow had got in our room and got under the bed, and we had shut the door and locked Shadow in the room. Yeah, it's a bad deal. And so we were gone for a long time. We come back. I went to the door. <laughs> I opened that door, and Shadow had tore up that room. He had, it was a nice house. The carpet was peeled back. The frame, the door facing was peeled. Ate and chewed and clawed and scratched and worked. He'd done everything he could to get up out of that locked position. He was tired of being in that room. He was mad. I opened that door. Oh, Shadow, lickety-split. Man, I, I, I opened the door to go outside. I didn't see Shadow for hours. I don't know what he did. He probably still using the bathroom. I don't know. But he, he wanted to come up out of that room because he was locked down with no way to get out. And it dawned on me. If Shadow would have just barked one time and let me know, hey, I'm in here. And I went out. Before I left, I'd open the door as his master. And I let him come out and everything would have been kosher. 
Are you smelling what I'm stepping in right now? You got to make up your mind. I'm not going to be incarcerated to myself. I'm not going to be in lockdown mode. I'm not going to be in the middle. No, 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 no. I need somebody to come and roll the stone away. I've got to open my mouth and say, I want out of here. I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And what you need is a stone roller. You need a man of God to come in your life and say, you don't belong here. Get out. You don't belong in the mess you're in. Get up. You don't need to stay in bondage. You can be delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. Who is this stone roller? Who is this stone roller? Who is the angel that God wants to send? It was the angel at the resurrection of Jesus. It was the angel at Daniel's resurrection. Peter's in prison. He's there in prison. God sends what? An angel to come. He sends an angel to come and break Peter out of prison. When the angel comes in, the shackles fall off. You know why some of you are still bound in sin? You won't listen to a word the preacher says. The preacher has his hands on the stone. It was Mary said in Mark, uh, that stone was heavy. She said, who shall roll away the stone from us? It's an angel that's going to come and roll the stone away. You can't, not by might nor by power, it's by his spirit. you got to let a preacher come in your life and put his hands on that stone and start rolling the stuff off of you, saying, hey, boy, come out of your grave. Hey, ma'am, come out of your sin. Amen. Come out of your darkness. You gotta need. You need a preacher. You need a. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? I need a man of God. You know why you're in the church right now? Because a preacher preached you out of the world. Come on, you're kidding yourself. A preacher, somebody taught you the gospel, and the gospel got you out of darkness. The gospel got you out of false doctrine. A preacher come along sweating and praying and crying and fasting and got his hands on that stone, and he started pushing it and saying, come on, I'm going to help get you out. I'm going to break you out. Come on, God's got a reason why. It was an angel that broke him out. It was an angel that got Daniel out. It was an angel that got Peter out. Lots in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's looking over and active. He's literally in intercessory prayer. When, when the Bible says that Abraham, when he looked across the way and he prayed, when the two angels were coming to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says, literally in the sense of that word, he stood in an act of defiance, waiting on something to work out. It was Abraham that went to intercessory prayer when the angels come into Sodom and Gomorrah. But can I tell you, it was the angels that grabbed the hands of that family. It was the angels that reached across and grabbed the hands of of that family and pulled them out of the place of perversion, pulled them out of a place of wind, of sickness, of, of sin and sickness and wickedness. It was an angel that came and rolled, if I can say that way, rolled Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. No wonder the revelation says unto the angel of Sardis, right? Do you know who the angel of your city is? It's your pastor. The pastor is the angel of the city. 
That's in Revelation. Am I still in the Word, Bishop? Am I in the Word? Unto the angel of Sardis, right? To the angel of Sidetire, right? To the angel of Philadelphia, right? What was he saying? He was writing unto the pastors, to the stars of the city, to the angels of the city. And I don't know about you, but I, Jesus only needed one pastor, and Daniel only needed one angel. If I can say it that way, he only needed one angel to come roll the stone away. And you don't need five or ten or twenty pastors, but you do need a man of God that can roll the stone away from. Because I promise you, there's a lot of devils trying to barricade you in. There's a lot of devils trying to hold you back. But give me a stone roller. Give me a stone roller. Give me somebody. Give me a stone roller that when I'm locked in my confinement, what I'm saying, I want out, preacher. Show me how to get out. Show me how to get out. I need a man of God to come along and say, man, it's hard to get you out, but let me push you. Let me push it long enough. Let me push the stone out of the way long enough. Give me, give me a stone roller. Give me a stone roller. Hey, Tim. Give me a preacher that'll preach the stone out of my life. Give me a preacher that'll preach the dead stuff off of me. Give me a preacher that'll preach me out of hell and preach me into heaven. Pastor, what are you doing? Oh, man, I'm just praying for you. Pastor, what are you doing? I'm just fasting for you. Pastor, what are you doing? I'm getting my health attacked for you. Hey, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm fighting devils for you. Hey, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm fighting hell for you. I'm trying to remove. I'm trying to get the stone out of your life. I'm trying to get you to break out. Come on, shadow. You got to lift your voice. Come on, shadow. You got to want out. You got to want out. Do you understand? You don't understand. Who's going to move it out of the way for me? Just hang on, Mary. I just need one angel's on his way. Woo! I don't care how many people's watching. One angel come and roll the stone away. And the old angel was just sitting on the stone waiting for Jesus to walk out. Because I can preach you out of hell. And I can preach you how to get out. But when it comes to it, you got to put one foot in front of the other. And you got to walk out of your grave. You've got to make up your mind. I'm not staying I'm not staying where I am. But if a preacher tells me there's a better way, I want that way. If a preacher tells me there's a better way, I want the way out. I'll come on, somebody, give him praise right now. Give him worship right now. Give him honor right now. Bless his name. Here, Pastor, hold on. Ministry's so heavy. <laughs> it's weighty. 
It's difficult, but we're going to just push anyways. Sometimes we're going to put our shoulder into it, and we're going to remove that stone, and we're going to push it out of the way. And sometimes it's going to be ugly, and sometimes there's going to be pokey things that come along the way, and we got to have to be careful. And we're going to handle with kid's glove, but we're going to keep on rolling the stone away. I'll tell you why you're here, because somewhere in your past, the preacher got his hands on the stone. He was like an angel. It's like an angelic visitation. And he kept on saying, I'm going to roll that stone away. I'm going to roll the stone away. Hey, can let me preach to somebody in this house. He can't do it alone, and he can't do it by himself. But you got to trust him. you got to trust his ability. you got to trust his leadership. you got to trust him to walk in the Holy Ghost. you got to trust him to preach truth to you. you got to trust your family with him. you got to trust your marriage with him. you got to trust your decisions with him. And you got to say, God, I need a stone roller. I need a stone roller in my life. Mr. Laurie, will you come here? You. Stay here, Pastor. It's not always pretty. Right. It's not always easy. It's difficult at times. Right, right. It seems monotonous. Yeah. It seems so mundane. It seems so boring. But that's what ministry is sometimes. It's rolling stones. The enemy comes, try to put it on. You say, nope, not in this house. The enemy tries to say, well, we can compromise a little bit. Nope, not in this house. The enemy says, doctrine don't matter anymore. He said, oh, it does in this house. He says, it don't matter how you dress anymore. You can live, you can talk, you can do whatever you want to do. No, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do in this house. And we're going to keep on pushing. We're going to push back darkness. We're going to push back the work of the enemy. We're going to keep on trusting God. Why? Because somebody is about to be resurrected. Somebody is about to come out of your grave. Somebody is about to come out of your prison. Somebody is about to come out of your den. You're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. Come on, Lazarus. Come forth. Come on, Lazarus. Come forth. One on one side, one on the other. You see this? This is a team. They fought hell. Even put their hands on the stone. They're still fighting hell to keep their hands on the stone. You say, well, well that's, what they, that's what they get paid for. You're, I'm sorry that your viewpoint of ministry is so misconstrued. It is not about the money. It is not about the big church. It is about carrying the weight of the glory to the people. It is about helping somebody know you don't belong there, but you do belong in freedom. You don't belong in bondage. You do belong in liberty. You don't belong in darkness. You do belong in light. Your family, God, have mercy. It's not God's will your family busts up. It's not God's will you go through that divorce again. It's not God's will your children are out of church. But if you'll, if you'll get close to that man of God and say, hey, hey, preacher, I'm here. Hey, preacher, I'm back in here. Hey, man of God, show me what I need to do to get out where I am. Yes. How can I do it? And the beauty thing is, is that you can't even see where to walk. But as soon as that angel starts cracking that stone over, light begins to get where you 
are. And when revelation and light comes in, it shows you where to walk. It shows you what ledge to get off of. It shows you what stone to avoid. And all of a sudden, as they move together and they move that stone away, and I'm sitting over here saying, hey, devil, you didn't want this to happen, but it's about to happen. Hey, devil, you want to keep me in the grave, but you ain't keeping me in the grave. Why? Because God gave me a stone roller. God gave me a stone roller, and because I got a preacher, I'm coming out of my grave. Oh, I wish somebody magnify the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet, lift your voice, and magnify the Lord. I may not understand them, but I got to let them roll the stone away. I may not be able to figure them out, but I need an angel to come and roll the stone away. Why? Because I'm coming out of my grave. Devil, I'm on my way out. Devil, I'm about to get the Holy Ghost. Devil, I'm about to get baptized in Jesus' name. Devil, I'm about to be delivered. Devil, I'm about to be set free. No more cervezas for me. No more tobacco for me. No more marijuana for me. No more drugs for me. I'm being delivered. I'm being delivered. I'm being delivered. I'm being delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Cry out to the Lord. The den can't stop your voice. The prison house can't stop your voice. Lift your voice. Cry aloud and spare not. I feel something breaking. I feel something shifting in the Holy Ghost. Roll. The stone has been rolled away. Come out of your grave. Come out of your grave. Come out of your grave today. Come on, lift your hands all over the building, close your eyes. All over the house, lift your hands and sign of surrender. God, I yield to you right now. Come on, lift your voice, begin to pray right now. Hang on just a second. Listen to me. Listen to me. Right now is your moment to see your prayer be answered. The stage has been set. You're there in that cave. You're in that tomb. You're in that prison house. Maybe you're shackled. Maybe you don't feel like you can get out. Maybe it's been a while since you've just had a good old-fashioned breakthrough of the Holy Ghost for yourself. 
and you're at a pivotal, crucial moment where you can sit there in the pew and say, well, I'll wait for another time. Or you can say, man, something happened when Brother and Sister Green started rolling that stone away. And I started realizing that today was my day. It wasn't the fourth day, it wasn't the fifth day, it wasn't the sixth day. It was that third day, and somebody has reached your defining third day moment, and God's waiting on you to take a step. You can stay there in your pew and leave the same way that you came, or you can run to this altar and lift your hands and say, God, I need a breakthrough. I need a touch of you again. I need something to happen to my soul, Lord. I need the Holy Ghost. I need deliverance. I need a miracle. I need something to change my life. I don't know what you're waiting on, but God's ready to do something for you. I don't know why you're hesitant. I don't know why you're standing in the back saying, well, maybe it's not my day. No, it is your day. The stone has been rolled. Won't you come expecting? Won't you come believing? Won't you come trusting God to do it for you right now? Come on. I want you to come quickly. Move quickly. Move quickly from where you are. I want you to come in close. Come on. Come in close. I'm giving you time. Come on, all over there. Everybody that wants something from God, if you want something from God, come. If you don't, please don't come. But if you're saying, I need, I want something from God, it's not just that I need, I want God to touch me. I'm not going to let my pride stop me. I'm not going to let my past stop me. I'm not going to let my viewpoint stop me. But I'm coming hungry, and I'm anticipating God to do something for me. I want you to move in quickly. Come on, we're going to do something. Just move it. I'm going to give you a few more minutes, and I'm going to be done. Brother Sister Green, come back to the chair. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to break stuff. Okay? The Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. Literally what that means is the anointing is the fat. And what he literally, the sense there is that if the oxen would eat right and consume the right things, they could go to the point to break the yoke of bondage off of them. So we say, we say, well, he's anointed, anointed to break the yoke of bondage. I understand that. That's a good principle. But the fact of the matter is, if you're still consuming the wrong things, you go right back and put that yoke back on you and you stay bound. If God delivers some cigarettes, you don't go back to the store and buy more. Okay? You, you don't, you say, well, I smoked weed for years and now I'm getting a medical marijuana card, but you know you have no medical condition to even get the card, but you're doing it because you like the recreational smoke weed. You're wrong. What are you doing? I'm rolling the stone off your life so you won't be stoned, so you won't be stoned out of your mind and be so unfit for the kingdom of God because you're high all the time. So I'm going to ask the Lord that, that he is the deliverer, which uh, something's fixing to break in the Holy Ghost to a new dimension in this church. Because you're going to realize until you come submitted to your authority and your man of God, there are some stuff that you're battling with right now because you're not submitted to a man of God in your life. You're dealing with it right now. You're facing stuff right now because you won't let a preacher put his hands in your life and he won't let him pastor you and roll the stone away. You've got to make a conscious decision until God gives me another man of God or something happens where I move far away from here or I'm in transition or move away. I'm going to submit to my current leader until something changes. Because the devil understands covering. 
He was the anointed cherub that covereth. And if anybody understands covering, he does. And so because he knows covering, he also knows what's uncovered. And the angels know that the ladies recognize the ladies because of their covering, their hair. So the angels understand covering. So does the devil. He was a fallen angel. He understands covering. Is that okay to say it that way? So you ladies have power on your head because of the angels, because of your, of your hair, your glory that God's given you. And so the enemy also knows whether you're covered or uncovered as far as submission to authority. Hope you still love me. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord. When I'm done praying, Brother and Sister Green, significant and symbolic of where you are, they're going to roll the stone as much as they want until they feel like they're done. So something breaks in your life and breaks in your family. <laughs> you feel that? You feel that undercurrent of the Holy Ghost of this so I want you to lift your hands. I'm going to pray. If you're uncomfortable with coming to the front, I'm going to pray for you, even those that wouldn't come. I'm still going to pray for you because I love you. I want you to stretch your hands all over the house. When I'm done praying and I say in Jesus' name, your pastor and his wife are going to begin to roll the stone symbolically. And you're going to start worshiping God as if you're coming out of your grave, okay? You're going to worship like Daniel would when Daniel come out of the tomb. You're going to act like Peter did when he left the prison house and the angel broke him out, okay? Lift your hands all over the house. Lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. It's saying, God, here I am. I surrender to you. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for these people. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for your name and your blood. I pray, Lord, that I've said something today to help somebody. And I humbly ask you, Lord, that here in a moment, that when you begin to bring a strong anointing and a breakthrough and authority that's going to sweep across this room, I want you to deliver people from everything, from mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, sexually, every type of abuse, every type of distrust, every type of disloyalty, every type of, of hating ministry and despising ministry, every, every type of anything that's not trusting others because of how they've been treated. I ask God today. I ask, Lord, as your man that you sent to this city for such a time as this. I plead your blood and I speak the name of Jesus over every need. Your name is above every name that's above cancer, cold, diseases, and depression. I pray, God, upon the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to rebuke the devourer. I speak to every person in every den. I speak to every person in every tomb. I speak to every person in every prison house, every bit of hindrance, every bit of bondage, every valley of decision, every valley of communication, every bit of confusion. I speak to the darkness. I speak to it now. I speak to the spirit world. I command every demonic spirit to loose the people of God. I loose it off of them and I bind in the pits of hell. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ that your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I speak it upon the authority of the word of upon the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you, I beseech you to be loose now in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, you. Come on, worship God. That's it, worship God.
Church to come help me. Ministry, I want you to come help me. 